the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, some scientists have proposed that if we can just make a few modifications to man, you know, a, a little surgery here perhaps, what we'll do is we'll implant a little chip so that we can send electronic impulses to the brain, uh, maybe a little genetic engineering, we can create the perfect man. That's already been done. God created us in his own image, and then we messed it up. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, and our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely, is going to talk about the only true hope that mankind has. And once again, he'll be in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, if you'd like to follow along. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and details about the church can be found on the web at highlands.us. And with part two of a three-part series, here's Pastor Leighton. Many philosophers and writers from the last century had a great optimism about the new century. This was going to be the century in which disease would be eliminated and wars and, and crime and violence. This was going to be the century of mankind. World War I. This was the war to end all wars. Man is infected with a deadly virus. It's called sin and the only cure is God. David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Isaiah said the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. Jeremiah said that the heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. You see, we go from war to greater war, from crime to greater crime, from immorality to a greater immorality, and from one perversion to a greater perversion. The cycle is continuously down. And God calls His church to stand against the cycle. Stand against the world's self-centeredness and easy solutions and immorality, amorality and materialism. And unfortunately and very sadly in America, so many churches are more influenced by this world than an influence in this world today. Both verse 13 and 14, the pronoun you is emphatic. And what's being communicated here by Jesus is that you are the only salt of the earth. You are the only light of the world. It's only through you. It's only through believers. The very ones who are despised and persecuted by this world are the world's only hope. That word you is plural in both cases. What that's referring to is us collectively. All the believers of all of the lands of all of the ages collectively have been salt and light in our world. And influenced it dramatically. I'll give you some examples in just a moment. Does that negate the responsibility of the individual ray of light or the individual grain of salt? No, it does not. The word R stresses being rather than doing. You see, Jesus isn't commanding us to be salt. He's not commanding us to be light. He says, you are salt. You are light. And the only question that is brought up in this passage is, are you effective salt or effective light? John 1.9 says, it's Christ 
Christ is the true light which comes into the world and enlightens every man. And Jesus himself says, as recorded in John 9, 5, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But he's not with us, and he has transferred that responsibility to us. It's identified in the prayer. Ephesians 5, 8 says, You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Some of the scholars have wanted to make sure that we understand that we are not a, not a source of light in this regard. When you, when you go outside and you look into the night sky, you'll see a great globe of light. But the moon does not produce its own light. The moon is a reflection of the sun. The sun is the source of light. The scholars tell us that we believers are not a source of light. We are a reflection of light, the true light is Jesus Christ, and we reflect Him in our world. Where God's salt to retard corruption is His light to reveal truth. One function is positive, the other negative. And you'll notice that both salt and light are unlike that which they influence. Even though salt might seem to disappear in meat, it's still salt. You can taste it. It's there. Even though light might disappear into a cell, it's still light. We are unlike that which we are called to influence. God has made us different. Now, we might not recognize it as we leave here today because we're going to go home, we're going to go to a restaurant, and probably sitting on a table is salt. And we're going to not even think about it. But you know, to generations previous to ours, salt was an exceedingly rare and valuable commodity. In fact, in Greek history, it was referred to as theon, which means divine. And the Romans held that except for the sun, nothing was as valuable as salt. Roman soldiers were often paid in salt. The root word is where we get salary from. It's also where we get the phrase, he's not worth his salt, not worth his salary. In numerous ways, Jesus here, it didn't matter if they were Jewish or Greek or Roman, would understand that when Jesus was referring to them as salt, he was referring to them as being a valuable commodity. Now, some have proposed some meanings. Why did Jesus choose salt to communicate this truth? Well, some have said, well, because it's white, it indicates purity. And there's some, there's some truth in that. There's some validity in that. But you see, it's, it's not the color of salt that Jesus Christ is really trying to communicate here. It's the effectiveness of salt. And some people have suggested... It, Because salt brings flavor, it means that Christians bring flavor into this world. And there's truth in that as well. Except that from the earliest days of the church, the world has hardly considered Christianity to be anything flavorful. As Christians are so stifling and restrictive, tasteless. Well, some have suggested that since if you put salt in a sting, uh, in a a, uh, wound, it stings, that we are called to sting the world. We're, We're called to... Uh, prick its conscience and make it uncomfortable. And that analogy also has merit because the gospel of Jesus Christ confronts sin and pricks the conscience. Some have suggested that because salt creates thirst in an individual that, that really what it's referring to here is, is our function as bringing thirst into other people. Spiritual thirst. They see what we have, they want it, and, and so we, de- we develop a thirst to in other people, and that's also got some validity. But 
The primary characteristic that Jesus is emphasizing in this particular passage is that of preservation. You see, Christians are preserving influence on our world. We retard spiritual and moral deterioration. In fact, when we look at what the scriptures have to say in in Daniel and in Revelations about the church being taken out of the world, we find that in less than seven years, this church, this this world degenerates into a, a place of total hellishness. As God's children in the temples of His Holy Spirit, Christians represent Christ, God's presence in this earth. Now, we're not only called to be salt, but we're also called to be light. Here's some contrast between salt and light. Salt is hidden. Light is obvious. Salt works secretly. Light works openly. Salt works from within. Light from the outside. Salt works through our living. Light through what we teach and what we preach. Salt is largely negative. It, it, can, it can retard corruption, but it cannot change corruption into incorruption. Whereas light reveals the truth and righteousness. John wrote in 1 John 1, 5 through 7, God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, God's light is the revelation of God in the written scriptures as well as in the person of Jesus Christ. And we as believers are called to proclaim God's light, God's revelation in a world that is dark. You could render 2 Corinthians 4, 6, God who first ordered the light to shine in the darkness has flooded our hearts with His light. And now we can enlighten men only because we can give them the knowledge of the glory of God as we've seen it in the face of Jesus Christ. Light must be visible in order to operate. Both in the daytime and nighttime, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the daytime, you can see its outline. and In the night, you can see the lights flickering in the windows. See, God did not give His gospel to be a secret treasure for a selected few. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, Dr. James Kennedy and, and Jerry Newcomb did a study and wrote a book, and I highly recommend it to you. It's entitled, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? And they go back and they study the influence of Christ and Christianity in our world. And this is what they say, despite its humble origins, the church has made more changes on earth for the good than any other movement or force in history. Here are a few highlights. Hospitals created in the Middle Ages, Matthew 10, 8. Universities, Matthew 28, 19. Literacy and education for the masses, capitalism and free enterprise, Ten Commandments. Representative government, the separation of political powers, civil liberties, the abolition of slavery, both in antiquity and also in modern times, Philemon. Modern science, the discovery of the new world by Columbus. The elevation of women. You know, when I was in the Middle East a few years back, Women there were considered property. There, one of our musicians studied law and found out that in our nation up until this century, there were certain pieces of property that women could not own. Benevolence and charity, the Good Samaritan ethic, 
higher standards of justice, not rex lex, which is the king is law, but lex rex, the law is king, and that being a reference to God's law. Before Christ and Christianity, before the influence of the church, tyrants would run their nations. They would destroy their subjects at a whim. Fathers had absolute sovereignty over their wives and their children. At a whim, they could have the wife or child killed. But God who gives authority gives it with parameters and limitation and purpose. Mm, That word purpose is powerful, isn't it? You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's talking about being salt and light, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. Salt and light in this world. An admonition that was shared with those listening to the Sermon on the Mount shared by Jesus Christ. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and it's a nonprofit ministry. That means that you can join with us as a supporter if you'd like, if you feel the Lord leading you in that direction. You can give safely online at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. I hope you have a great rest of your day. As a matter of fact, have a great weekend, this being Friday. We'll see you on Monday. And let your friends know that uh, this particular broadcast is on the air. I feel it's a great devotional time. I hope you do as well. Pastor Layton will be with us at this same time on Monday to open the Word of God, and we'll study verse by verse.